All right, everybody. Welcome in. Welcome back. We are on episode 28. Andy, I think I already know the answer to this question, but how are you doing today? How are, how was your week? You know, the week was good, except for sports, <laughs> um, specifically soccer. Yeah. So I am totally happy deferring this first half of the podcast to you before, or just enough time so that I can like <laughs> simmer down from what I have, what I have seen. I'd love to hear about a team playing good football. Oh, well, I don't know if I can provide that. I, I don't think it was good. I think it was good enough. Okay. I mean, to to give you an idea, Andy, Barcelona, I mean, Barcelona won, thank goodness. But Barcelona were playing against 10 men from the 27th minute on in the game and only won 1-0. And the goal wasn't scored until the 85th minute by Jordi Alba. <laughs> Whoa. Wait, from Jordi Alba, the yes. the left back? Oh, yes, dear. yes, yes. And he came on as, as a sub. So, yeah, it was it was honestly, Andy, it wasn't a great showing. Barcelona didn't play with a whole lot of intensity. They just mm-hmm. kind of, honestly, it looked like a perfect rendition of Spain in the last two World Cups in their knockout game when they just passed the ball around the team and didn't really create a whole lot and didn't really look interested in creating a whole lot. Yeah. Um, I mean, Barcelona definitely had chances. Frankie de Jong, Rafinha, Lewandowski. I mean, everybody had chances, but it was just like, I don't know. It was good enough, Andy. It was good mm-hmm. enough. And honestly, like I said, at this point, good enough is great because Barcelona are leading Real Madrid. And with five games to go, Barcelona have a 14-point lead because Real Madrid lost this week, which I will get to. Um Wow. But yeah, so, you know, it's it's good enough. And that's all I have really to say. It it yeah. wasn't it wasn't great soccer. It really wasn't. I you know, yeah. Barcelona last week played against ten men in I think it was Betis. Was it Real Betis? I think so. And ended up winning four nil. And in this week it was, you know, one nil and just not not great. Not great. But yeah. like I said, you know, good enough is amazing right now. So mm-hmm. what, what do you think happened? Like was Osasuna, like, were they just like, did they come out pressing hard? Like, no, we're like, okay. <laughs> just, it was just, yeah. It, oh, no. no, Osasuna were playing not to get injured and not to get embarrassed because they had the matchup in the Copa del Rey this Saturday, this past Saturday. Mm. And, so they were basically playing not to be injured. They were resting a lot of their starters, you know, as many as they could to have fresh legs against Real Madrid. Cause that's their super bowl for the season, right? It's a Copa del Rey final mm-hmm. and Barcelona were just like, nah, we're just going to pass it around you guys. Like yeah. it just, like I said, it wasn't great, but Barcelona will keep another clean sheet. I believe that's 26 for Ter Stegen now which is he's adding to his own record um honestly andy i think ter stegen has a case for la liga player of the year whoa i mean from 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 his clean sheets from his from his clean sheets from his play i mean barcelona have only given up 11 goals and i don't know if it's on the season or in la liga i don't know i'm gonna have to go back and check that but it's either 11 i think it's 11 goals in la liga and honestly, that's crazy. Yeah. Given that is, like 30 games, you're only like letting up 
a goal every three games. Yeah. Potentially like that's, yeah, that's unheard of. Yeah. And if you take away the debacle against Real Madrid a few weeks ago, or probably like a month or two ago at this point, that was a four nil defeat. If you take that away, Andy Mm -hmm. seven, if you take away the other game against Real Madrid, which was three, one, that's four. Yeah. Jeez. That's, that's impressive. That's so, very impressive. I, to me, that's the that's the sound of your defense too, because I think it's yeah. like definitely definitely for those. I don't know. Maybe this is unfair to goalkeepers, but a lot of the times for clean sheets, it seems like it's not just it's deservingly going to the goalkeeper for like that award, but yeah. it is very much like a group kind of award. It's a group kind of award for defense, whereas maybe you can make the point for someone who's winning the golden. Like if it's the golden boots, yes, they have to have people like feeding into them, but you can have a player that isn't on a great team and they could potentially win the golden boots because yeah. they score all their team's goals. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's, that, that's why I, at the end of the year, when we start talking awards, I'm going to make the case for, for Ter Stegen winning La Liga player of the year, because he's been just, he's been that good. And he's yeah. been a lot. I mean, Barcelona's defense gets a lot of credit and should, you know, especially sure. around Araujo, he's been so consistent, so great this year. But in yeah. my opinion, like I think, if you have a goalkeeper who's only given up eleven goals in the league in a mm-hmm. year, I mean, I I don't think unless you have someone like Messi or Ronaldo who's scoring 50, 60 goals in the league mm-hmm. in a year, I don't think anyone can beat him. Like the the goal totals right now for. Uh, the Pichichi, I think Lewandowski is leading at what nineteen, and Benzema's at eighteen. Okay, like you know, though the numbers have not been that low since before Messi and Ronaldo have been playing for Real Madrid yeah. and Barcelona. That's pretty. So, yeah, that is pretty surprising. Just given it, because I, I mean, Kareem Benzema is one of the best strikers in the world. Yeah, like up there as. You know, as Lewandowski is one of the best strikers up there in the world. So yeah. to see like that level of goal output kind of just like reminds of like how lucky we were to be in an era mm-hmm. where people were like the two best players were in the same league and they were scoring 30 goals in their seat, like a season, yeah. like something crazy like that. Yeah, no, it's it's yeah, it is. And honestly, I think I think we're being blessed a little bit by Erling Holland just kind of being reminded that, oh, yeah, that some like something close to that greatness still exists. Right. And I know you don't like mm-hmm. hearing it cause he's a city player, but he's been that good this year. Yeah. He's been, he's been nothing short of phenomenal. Um, cause that was, he is exactly what city needed in city. We're a great team without a striker. And then yeah. you added a great striker who's perfect for what like, um, Pep Guardiola would have wanted just a f- the full complete package of a striker, big, fast, strong, um, good on the ball. Like he's he's everything. So yeah. And the Premier League's fortunate that they have someone have someone in their league that is like now without a doubt probably the top striker in the in the world right now. Just from yeah. just from his output there, because yeah, he's already won the um, like the Golden Boot. Or has broken the single. He's going to win the golden boot probably, and that has the yeah. single. He's already surpassed. I think Alan Shearer for the most goals scored in the season at thirty. I think he's at thirty four, thirty five now. Thirty five, yeah, yeah. So yeah. he could put. He could still go to forty. P- 
people were saying even halfway through the season when he was at like 25, it's like, oh, he's going to score 50. That's yeah. a little bit of a stretch. But yeah, he could he could easily do 40, which yeah. is just un, unbelievable. It is. It is. Yeah. And honestly, I'm a messy fan, but I Wait, think. You are? Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but before I was so rudely interrupted, I think Holland deserves a golden boot. You know, I know Messi won the World Cup, and I'm not talking recency bias, but I, if you're talking about from a Golden Boot perspective, mm. wait, I'm trying to remember: is Golden Boot just goals, and the Ballon d'Or is a, a the award that's voted on, right? I think Ballon d'Or is the one that's voted on. Golden yeah, Boot is Golden just Boot like is what you automatically goals. get if you have the most yes. goals okay. in okay. your yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm talking, and then I'm talking Ballon d'Or. I think Holland from a consistency standpoint, and obviously you take a little bit of next season into, into consideration, right? Cause the award comes out in the fall. So it's like a combination between seasons, which is kind of weird, but whatever. Mm-hmm. But yes, Messi won the world cup. Yes. Typically the best player like Ronaldo Nazario for Brazil in 2002, when players have not had great, seasons with their club but has have had great or great success in in the world cup those players have won the ballon d'or like ronaldo nazario in 2002 Mm -hmm. but i think if you're talking about a consistency standpoint i think you seriously have to consider holland for the ballon d'or i think you do and i think especially if he produces at this level for the first half of the season next year i think you just do and i i do I do, I do think that because I'm sure he'll still have that consistency because City will still have that consistency. Because um, I definitely see, given where City is and what they're pining for, if they win the Premier League, I hope to God they don't win the Champions League. But then if they, even if they win, mul- they win multiple trophies, I'm not, I don't want to speak it into existence because uh, I'm that superstitious. But um, if they win what they're setting out to win, then there's no doubt in my mind that uh, Erling Haaland's going to win the Ballon d'Or. Yeah, and there's no there's to win that to win that feat to be the player that just creates that feat for that um, for that team. Yeah, there he's going to deserve it. Yeah, um, and yeah, like yeah. he's not the thing is, and it's not like he's getting fluke goals. Like I don't think the the funny thing is like sometimes I think other Ballon d'Or players would be like, well, look at how many penalties they've scored or look at all yeah. these things. It's with Holland. It's just been everything. It's yeah. everything he's done. So you, yeah. there's no, there is no debate on, on that. I could yeah. see with Messi for the winning of the world cup. I think that's why he it's in contention. Yeah. Um, but I don't, for me, I don't think he has enough to win as someone, you know, that does see Messi as performing better than Ronaldo in. Yeah right now so yeah yeah so anyway smooth transition into the greatness of erling holland into the not so great performances of man united this week andy what is going on in manchester you know a lot of people are saying the t word of tired is what's happening that the team is tired okay um so, for backstory, United have played 56 or 57 games already in this season. Mm-hmm. Um, partly because they have been 
in so many competitions and advanced so far in so many competitions. So like Europa League, they were in the quarterfinals. They won the League Cup. They are in the final for the FA Cup and they're playing in the Premier League, which has a lot of games being played. Mm-hmm. So that I think that is more... They've played more games than Manchester City have and more games than Arsenal have played in their whole season. And that, I think, puts a number on on teams. I'll get, I'll get more into after the first two games, but I it is just very concerning, just the dip that's happened. Um, if you wanted to, yeah, you're asking me like what happened, um, what happened in yes. this week? And then we can go more into like what is happening. Yes. What happened this week is midweek United face Brighton. Um, and Brighton has kind of been like a, a matchup where it's a litmus test to see how good your team is. And for the past like th- two to three years, United and Brighton have just kind of been like at loggerheads and like, it's just been a stalemate, like FA cup semifinal that we won on penalties was a stalemate. This game should have been a stalemate until an injury time handball from Luke Shaw, who is, who had been playing so well the entire game. He gets his hand caught in the cookie jar, literally his literally. hand is way up. Um, and it's instant, instant, no doubt, no doubt um, penalty uh, that Brighton buries. Um, so the, the question, too, go ahead. I was just going to say the question is, was he reaching for Oreos or Chips Ahoy? You know, I am going to say he was probably reaching for Chips Ahoy, mm. given my guess, which is the wrong one to reach for. In my opinion, I think you always go for the Oreos because you want to dunk. Like you can dunk Chips Ahoy, but it's not the same as dunking Oreos, you know? Now, are you a soft or a hard Chips Ahoy? Oh, I think I'm soft. Yeah. Same. I'm a softy, man. Same. I'm such a softy. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I'm with this you. Is, this is good. These are good questions. Good questions. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, so going back to soccer, you're thinking, you know, at least for United, every time that they've had a setback, they've been able to bounce back. And this game against West Ham was such an infuriating game to watch because West Ham are were not a great team. They let United have possession, and United were creating, not creating like chance after chance after chance, but they were creating. Um, and United weren't clinical. Similar to the Brighton game where there were times where United had chances to put it away, but they weren't clinical and they didn't finish them off. Um, and that's what happened here to West Ham. And in the, I want to say the 28th minute, mm-hmm. uh, Ben Rami gets a ball and he's kind of, he's running at the defense and he's got two people on him. He's got Lindelof and he's got Shaw. Um, he's made it kind of far, but like everything should be covered. You have two people on one person. That's more than enough to stymie it. And Ben Rami gets, gets a shot off a really tame shot. Yes. And as um, if you saw the, saw the replay, a tame shot and whether De Gea when he was backpedaling, didn't have good, like, like something was happening with his studs or that's the only only potential excuse, but just a tame shot to his uh, right. He lets in like he gets one hand on it when one hand should have been enough, or he could have gotten even two on it yeah. to to stop it. Um, 
and lets it roll into the back of the net, essentially. Yeah. Um, just an, just infuriating to see. Um, <laughs> but then remainder of the remainder of the half, the second half, United just don't have any sort of response until the 90th minute uh, when they've add on an extra uh, Eight. midfielder in Fred. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah. Mid, yeah. They'd already replaced Erickson at this point um, and all that. So, yeah, just really, really poor from United. Um, and my – what I think has happened is that this team – this so this team is not a – let's say it's not a team. It is a squad. Mm-hmm. It's just the first squad is so drained. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have two – two individuals that are in their thirties in the midfield, they make up our United's best midfield. Um, and because of that, you don't have the snap that you need yeah. in the midfield to win games. And that's an issue. United have an issue where they're trying to play out from the back, but they still don't have the fullbacks just yet besides Luke Shaw that really know how to play out from the back. Um, and even the goalkeeper for a matters fact. So there's yeah. problems there. Attack has been this whole season has been very reliant on Marcus Rashford scoring the goals, mm-hmm. and without Rashford scoring goals, which he hasn't been able to, you know, you're seeing what's happened. So mm-hmm. there's just the the ugly nature of United that we saw from last season is still there at this present because the team has doesn't have the strength and depth that City have or Barcelona may have, or um, even, gosh, who would, or like Bayern Munich may have. Like these... Man City. Yeah, Yeah. Man Man City's the classic example for it. Yeah. Um, Where like they can take someone that's on the bench that is world-class, like Ilkay Gundogan, Gunduhan or Gundogan. Gunduhan. Gunduhan, yes. Absolute class. But he doesn't always start. Right. So there's a whole lot of issues that are that are happening there um, with United and having played both having played so many games and playing on a Thursday Sunday schedule is very difficult. Yeah, because someone I was listening to someone talk about this where when you're in a Thursday Sunday schedule, you have to because of that travel day, you miss an extra day to either train or to game Rest. plan for the next team. Yeah. So that's a whole a whole host of like unsustainable kind of travel. And it's just kind of it's hitting United now. And it's not not coming at a great time. So it is very yeah. very concerning. Um yeah. but one thing I do I do want to say is because of now the recent run of form, I think Ten Hag has come under the under the microscope, which I personally don't understand um, because right now with his, let's say his, um, one of his center backs that he signed is out. Yeah. And one of the better center backs is out. Like our, our starting defensive partnership is out. And the majority, like 11, let's say nine of the 11 players were still the same players that were under Ralph Ragnick. You know, yeah. To hold I mean, him to that regard, I, I just, I, 
I disagree. And I think people that are being very upset about Ten Hag, I think need to check themselves. Yeah. That's all. That's all said. I, I agree. I agree. I think, I think you got to think of the rule that most NFL teams take with their coaches is it's the three year rule, right? Mm-hmm. I think you have to give managers, you know, who come in, who you're thinking is going to be your long-term plan, like a 10 hog, like Chavi is for, for Barcelona. You have to give them at least three years mm-hmm. to get the results that you want. Right. Ten Hag has taken Manchester United from mediocrity, who at the beginning of the season were absolutely rudderless and looked like they were going to be like, I don't know, middle of the pack, like somewhere in the 8 to 12 range, right? Mm-hmm. And he has them right now in the top four, right? Yeah. And yeah, we've both mentioned that both of our teams are not at the level of winning champions league, winning the league consistently every year. Like we're, we're used to like our fan bases are used to. Right. Mm-hmm. But I agree with you hundred percent. Everyone needs to check themselves. Everyone needs to take a chill pill, relax on the 10 hog stuff. Like 10 hog is the manager of Manchester United's future. As long as Manchester United allows it to be. Right. And that's, and that last part that you said is the key is as long as Manchester United as a club, make that the case. And yeah. that takes, backing the manager that takes yeah. you know they've they've already backed him in terms of trying if getting rid of Ronaldo um and at least getting the signings that he's he's pined for but now yeah. it's they need to back him more and yeah. the problem is is if he slips to if Ten Hag slips to fifth he doesn't get the money that he needs to and now United are in a, a crap spot so then the same thing happens over again yeah so that's the that's for me. That's the worrying thing. Where mm-hmm. he should just be back to no matter what, because you've seen he got the first title United has won since, geez, Jose Mourinho five seven years ago now. So yeah. he knows how to win. He is creating more of that identity, um, and we've seen it. So the classic things that have been told in the media of like United without an identity and United haven't won a trophy. Well, they do have those now. Yeah, it's just now, just at the end of the season. Yeah, so, and we're we're struggling with a a very short team that isn't as fully talented that it needs to be to compete on all these fronts. Yeah, so I think that's just what what we're seeing in yeah in the short of it. Yep. So agreed, agreed. Yeah. All right, should we do our our vibe check? Yeah, let's let's check these check these vibes, man. So yeah, what's kind of happening over in uh germany i will always start there well andy it's status quo last week to this week bayern beat Werder. i almost said dosa uno i really and then i realized we're in germany i don't know too i have no idea that sounds way better than what i was going to come up with but two one (laughs) hey (laughs) we're It works. It works. And Dortmund get a huge win, 6-0 over Wolfsburg. But since Bayern won, Bayern stay one point clear in their three games remaining. This one's going to go down to the wire, Andy. It is. And very, very interesting, as I was looking at the schedule for Bayern Munich, guess who is the team that they play in the last uh, last game of the season? Who? RB Leipzig, who is Ooh. third. 
Yes. So, so it, we could have we could have a repeat of 2022 in the Premier League where it comes down to the last day. Yeah, exactly. And like even this one, too, even in the Premier League, this one, this could still come down to the last day. Yes. Um, but with with this, the Bundesliga is it is tantalizing. So, yeah, as someone who's rooting for an upset and never likes to see one team have so much dominance, would love to see. Dortmund pull it off, but Bayern are looking, you know, they're looking like good old Bayern. Yes. Uh, just kind of just being super solid. So yes. well, as a neutral observer, I want to see Dortmund win. And as a Barcelona fan, I want to see Bayern win because then Bayern and Barcelona cannot face off in the group stage of the Champions League next year. <laughs> I, love the, I love the politics you're already playing, Paul. <laughs> yes, I love it. Yes. Yes, I'm trying. I'm trying. That's a that's a true fan. There is now just knowing politically what you need to you want you need to happen and want to happen with that. Yes, <laughs> love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, um, perfect. So that's we got Germany. We'll take a trip over, uh, skip a couple countries, and go to Spain. Uh, sound like Paul? You're feeling pretty good because not only are Barcelona winning, but Bayern or sorry, Real Madrid are now losing. Yes, yes. Real Madrid lost to Real Sociedad midweek 2-0. This one I can say Dosa Cero because we're actually in Spain hey. now. Yeah. And honestly, it looks like Los Blancos have just given up. And, you know, part of it was they were doing a little bit of resting for the Copa del Rey this past Saturday as well. But, you know, it's just, it's a poor, it's been a poor effort from Real Madrid in, in their league games this season, in this season, honestly, it's mm-hmm. like feast or famine. You don't know what you're going to get. And it's just, they look disinterested. I mean, especially at this point of the season, but it looks like it almost looks like they think that they're owed games in the league, which you mm-hmm. can never have that attitude. Right. No. So, yeah. And that doesn't, that doesn't look good for it. If you're trying to get into the champions league and trying to win that, like you don't, yeah, you don't deserve just to win it just because you are Real Madrid in the Champions League. You're going up against a team that is, from last time seeing it, this is a team, feels almost like, you know, Paul, the 2008-2009 UNC team, where it was like they Mm -hmm. were going to win the tournament no matter what. This Manchester City team looks like it is just going to win no matter what. So that's the... That's the level of caliber. So if, if Real Madrid want to create this upset, they better start looking like they actually want to want to win it. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of Real Madrid, they played Osasuna in the Copa del Rey final, ended up winning 2-1. So Real Madrid do get a trophy on the season. I'm disappointed as a Barcelona fan to see that. Osasuna played very well. They had chances to tie late, and it was a great game. Honestly, they held their own 2-1, and they they looked like they deserved to be in the final, which you always want to see, right? Sometimes sure. in these competitions, you see teams like, oh, Athletic Bilbao in 2015-16 season, I believe it was, when Barcelona mm-hmm. ran riot on them. I think it was 4-0 or 4-1 in the final. But, you know, it, it's it's great to see... I don't want to call them lesser teams. I want to call them atypical teams. Like you don't, Osasuna isn't yeah. in Copa del Rey finals or any finals really for that matter, matter very often. Right. So to see them show up and show out in a game like that was really great to see. 
Yeah. Things. Good verbiage there with like an a atypical because usually like the typical ones are usually just people would say the bigger clubs, but also like middle mid table clubs and smaller clubs, quote unquote, are, that are smaller are only because of that because they haven't had like the chances to sometimes you know be in those situations. So when you have yeah. an atypical one, I like that. I like that verbiage. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and then real quick, Atletico Madrid thumped Cadiz 5-1. They are now up into second place in the league, Andy. They have leapfrogged Real Madrid. Oh, snap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Real Madrid are not in in any jeopardy of losing out on top four. I mean, the fifth place team is 54 points and Real Madrid is 68. So there are five games left. So technically, if Real Madrid lost every single game, and Villarreal were to win every single game, Real Madrid could miss out on Champions League football next year, but that is very unlikely. So Yeah. Yeah, probably probably not. There is there is still good Real Madrid is still good enough, has enough talent to to see that out. So but, you know, like like everyone says, hard work beats talent when talent fails to work hard. Yep. So absolutely. Could chickens could come home to roost there. Yes. Um all right, Paul, would you like to hear what's happened, what is happening, or what has happened uh, over in Italy? I, I have a feeling, and yes, of course, I would like to hear. Yes. So we have a winner. We have the first crowned winner on the um, on the podcast that isn't Argentina, isn't World Woo-hoo! Cup related. The first uh, team to win in the 2023 uh, in their respective league is Napoli. Napoli ha vinto il Scudetto, or Italian for Napoli has won their league uh, with a draw against Udinese uh, in the midweek. Um, and this is the first time they've won it in 33 years when they had the immaculate uh, Diego Maradona uh, nice. leading the team. So to have... Have this city uh, that is often derided in in Italy because of its size. Uh, you can think of it as almost like a Chicago in the sense of like the mobster like mentality that is kind of given to to Napoli. Plus mm-hmm. that they're in the south, which is uh, usually derided as the poor uh, part in Italy. Um, to see them kind of to see them win after such a long time with such a historic club. Uh, it's just great to see, and they've broken, yeah. you know, the classic uh, of either Juventus or one of the um, Milanese Milanese teams uh, mm-hmm. taking uh, the Scudetto. So, yeah, a strong Napoli is great for the Serie A, um, and yeah, so great, great for them. Super happy for them um, as they, you know, as they're crowned our first champions. So, played played phenomenal, played phenomenally. Um, but we'll see what happens with their star striker come the end of the season. Cause I've yeah. heard he has, uh, said he is going to go, I think he said to Bayern Munich, but I might be uh, the rich get richer. Yeah. Always. 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 Yeah. yeah. I don't, we can't really complain cause we're part of two of the biggest clubs in, in Europe, but, uh, just real quick to celebrate Elizabeth and I had pasta e ceci which is a traditional pasta and chickpea kind of stew that a lot of people in like that. Yes. Yep. Very traditional. Like, uh, I mean, 
the internet says Roman, but typically like central and southern part of Italy. So to celebrate Napoli's celebrate Napoli's win, I, we had a little uh, traditional Italian for dinner. Love it. So absolutely love that. Yes, I celebrated a little bit on my own with a uh, what was it? Pasta aglio e olio, which is a, mm. a classic, more Neapolitan dish. Mm. Uh, very simple, but glorious um mm-hmm. i'm liking that we're talking about food in this uh oh. this podcast yes. um this is definitely making my day a little bit better yes food is always food is good soccer is good when you combine them together yeah everything's just great honestly that's just like the the best day is just talking about great food talking about soccer and yeah. then we're we're all set um yes. for both of, both of us you want to do a podcast, Paul? It feels like we have <laughs> we'd have enough in common to, to do a podcast. Do a do a food podcast or a f- or just a podcast in general. God, oh, if you're oh, going to a food oh. podcast. I don't know. Oh. If we could- well, I don't. I don't know if it would work. I don't know. I don't know if we could fill up yeah. enough time. Do you, Do you listen to food podcasts? I've never listened to a food. podcast. I have never listened to a food podcast. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I can do that. You know, sometimes I don't want to always like poop where I eat. So if I talk, <laughs> if I listen to a uh, podcast i feel i'd just be like so i would just be so done with it oh i love man. talking about food though well that's funny that's so. funny well it looks like roma have have had a poor run of form lately and they're out of the top four it's now obviously napoli one juve two lazio aka nazio three and inter yes. four it's it's catching on yes yeah. okay yeah i mean i'm just i'm just reading the notes you wrote so yeah this is I mean, this is true maybe one of these one of these will go into why i nickname lazio nazio just given their yeah. history and their affiliation with uh the the evil empire um yes. but yes in terms of what's happening in Serie A's top four Roma had a big matchup against Inter because these were two top four teams playing, uh, yeah, playing to seal their fate for next year. And Roma, unfortunately, dipped on this one. And so Milan is uh, taking back um, and is in the top four as well. So that's what's happening over in Italy. Now we're going to switch over to the Premier League where there is a top title four race also happening, but mm-hmm. we're going to focus first on uh, what's happening at the top half of the top four. Uh, Paul, what's going on over in England? Well, Arsenal have been dipping in their form recently after some some draws and losses in recent weeks, but they refined their form and honestly had a pretty dominant 2-0 win over Newcastle. Newcastle had chances here and there. But Aaron Ramsdale, the the goalkeeper for Arsenal, kept them in the game with huge save after huge save, kept the clean sheet. And Arsenal, they're they're trying to keep pace, Andy. They're trying to keep <laughs> pace, but it, it, the question is, is it too little, too late at this point? Yeah, that's the that's the big question, and it's it's hard to see right now. Uh, Manchester City losing that lead now that they've got it at their at their right spot. Yeah. Uh, but honestly. You don't know what can happen. This could go down to the very last game. So yes. we, this is this is turning out to still be a very exciting Premier League uh Premier League season. Because now the top so we have a top four a title race, and now we also have a top four race. So with Newcastle dropping points, this gave United a chance if they had won against West Ham, uh, to leapfrog into third and get some distance. But unfortunately, 
as we talked earlier, United lost. And yes. Liverpool has been hanging around. And now Liverpool are one game back uh, from United or one point uh, below United. Uh, but United have that all-important game in hand. Yes. So they United at this point are staying staying above in the in the race. But oh god, this could be this could be bad. You yeah. Know, if United's arch rival overtakes. Um, over yeah, the United's arch rival overtakes them to take the last Champions League spot. Not a not a great story uh, if that happens, but. Very exciting for the neutrals, and I'm very excited yeah. for more for more football. Yeah, as a neutral, I love it. I love it. It's it's definitely squeaky bum time right yes. now. So yes, and I think we have two in the bottom of the Premier League. I want to say we have five teams, still four or five teams uh, that are within one point of each other. Uh, yes. So it is it is looking kind of crazy. So yep, Premier League never ceases to disappoint with their drama. Definitely not. Definitely yeah. not. Speaking yeah, of drama, though, what's happening in the, the drama that is in uh, France? Oh, my gosh. Well, real quick, uh, we didn't mention this. Man City barely beat Leeds 2-1, but they mm-hmm. maintained their lead. So that was good to see if you're a City fan. Not so great to see if you are looking for, for their demise. So yeah. they, they or, maintain their lead. Or a Leeds fan uh, who yeah. are in that bottom or in that race. Or, yeah, the race for survival. Yes. Yes, they are. They are currently in 17th place, one spot above the relegation zone due to their goal differential. But they are tied with Nottingham Forest, who's in 18th. So like we said, it's squeaky bum time. Squeaky bums. All right. Yes. 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 So, yeah, what's happening over in a friend's poll? Uh, well, PSG beat Troyer. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but we're going to go you, with it. You're doing good. That was a good oh, thank one. You. Thank you. Uh, 3-1. But... There is drama in in Paris, and here is why, Andy. So after last week's game, mm-hmm. Messi had asked for permission from from sources. Some people say two or three times to make sure that he could take a trip the day after the game to Saudi Arabia with his family to do some marketing things that were a part of contracts and um, sponsorships that he has, right? So Messi had already had to move this trip before, didn't want to move it again. He got permission from the higher-ups at PSG, and generally after a game, you get a day off the next day, right? Mm -hmm. So Messi got permission to go on this trip. He goes on this trip. While Messi is on this trip, PSG decides to change their training schedule to have practice the day after the game. Messi didn't know this. Obviously, misses practice because he's in another country. Mm-hmm. and PSG then proceed to suspend him for two weeks for missing practice. Yeah. A very, yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't like that. Don't no. like that. Um, no. So, so fans were chanting outside of PSG's headquarters, uh, bad words involving Messi and Messi in the course of all of this, came out with a video on Instagram kind of explaining a little bit about what happened and apologizing very humbly and very much like, you know, I just want to, you know, make it up to my teammates and my team and kind of move forward kind of thing. But honestly, I, every time Messi speaks, I am just 
in awe at how humble and how down to earth he is, you know, yeah. like, cause he's obviously, he hasn't created this drama, but he's a part of this drama and it's, you know, reflecting badly on PSG as a whole. So he feels bad, but honestly, like PSG, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, it's very heavy handed. It's very heavy handed by PSG. Um, by just not having this good communication um, yeah. with with Messi, because yeah. obviously, are there things maybe Messi's camp could have done better on this potentially, or during like, the course of the season to not have it get to this point? Um, because yeah, it's not this is this isn't good. This just isn't good yeah. for both Messi, where like there's now a wedge between him and the fans. Um, yeah. On this, um, there's a wedge between him and the club. You know, this is not, this isn't what you want to see near the end of someone's career. Is seeing more of this, um, so it's, yeah, it's just, it's just crappy to see for someone who is, yep. you know, for all intents and purposes, like from the understanding of this. Yes, it's a breach of rules for someone to take that trip but given the amount of communication that was going around it yeah is not right for the club to then just 360 and then also expect um messy then to be able to completely switch around um and then go so it's yeah yeah it's not it's not good it's just not good my man Yep, it's really not great. And honestly, PSG could be, at the end of the season, they could be without Mbappe. They are most likely going to be without Messi. And if Neymar gets sick of all this, because he is, fans were chaining outside of his house to bad things about him. And he proceeded to post stuff on Instagram about, you know, liking stuff with him at Barcelona and how, liking posts about how he was happier when he was at Barcelona. They could be without Neymar too. So <laughs> their big three could be done at the end of this year. So we'll have to see yeah. how that, how that plays out. Yes. We'll definitely have to have to see that. Um, one thing I would not want to see though, is try to see Barcelona play United right now, because I think we all know yeah. who would win this game um, yeah. and it would be the referees. So <laughs> awesome. Okay. <laughs> all super sub of the week. Uh, I, <laughs> that was great no that was great i love that that was perfect yeah that was yeah. great i uh i i've got jordi alba he he came on late for alejandro balde he put in some good minutes down the left side in more of attacking situation chavi was like dude we got to get a goal get out there get us a goal and he was involved in basically barcelona ramping up their attack towards the end of the game and ended up kind of on the left side and the ball kind of pings around in the box after a corner, it falls to him and he basically slices across it with his left foot and beats the goalie on the near post Wow! at at that left post and basically saved Barcelona's points, saved Barcelona's bacon. And it was great to see no one was happier than, than Jordi Alba, but all, all the fans, all of his teammates knew how important it was for him. It was his first goal of the season, Andy. Wow. Uh, coming, so, in, coming in late for it. There's nothing yeah. sometimes better than just having that. 
Yeah. And that is, that is the definition of a super sub. So, and I think everyone just realizes he's kind of on the way out because he's older. Alejandro Balde is 19 and is playing amazingly in his position. Mm. So, you know, it's, it's just great to see him come in and play an important role in, in the script of the season. Oh, definitely. Especially just like what, what a character he has been for Barcelona in these past years. And you know, where, where he's been with the club since then. So yeah, just great to see him like still being able to kind of add more, add more goals to his game and also just to help Barcelona out in that way. Yeah. Definitely. So definitely. Andy, who yeah. do you have as your super sub? For so this I am actually going to pick, uh, go back to Italy. I'm going to go to Cyril or Cyril, Cyril, uh, and Gonge. Uh, apologies for the poor pronunciation there. Uh, for Hellas Verona, um, getting a much-needed win uh, to add some separation between Hellas Verona and Spezia uh, near the bottom of the table for uh, Italy, so or for the Serie A. So now Hellas Verona are three points clear of the relegation zone, um, but they still have a couple more games to, to play in that. So we we will see how that all pans out there. But it Very looks nice. like Hellas Verona right now are they can breathe a little bit, a little bit easier. Yeah, that all sounds great. I don't know where I'm going with this. All right, super dud, Andy. I think you kind of took mine, but I think just two minds, two great minds think alike here. Yeah. Who we, who is your super? super you know, sometimes dud? when you see when you see crap, you know it's you know it's crap. Um, <laughs> yeah. So today I had a had a crap crap incident happen uh, to kind of co- not necessarily cost United the victory, but certainly played a hand in legitimately played a hand. Uh, that would yeah. have been a great Luke Shaw reference, played a hand in the loss. God, oh. uh, that would have been it. Dang it. Any case, <laughs> yeah, played a hand um, in this loss uh, to West Ham. So, <laughs> Paul, who are you able to to make up uh, for your super dub? Well, I just want to do real quick, and I think we'll talk about this more in the offseason, Andy, but yes or no, real quick, is does De Gea need to be done at Manchester United? You know, so I, t- I texted someone about this today, um, one, of my, one of my good pals. Um, I think it is. Yeah. However, I don't think it's actually going to happen. So yeah. that'll be my... That'll be my wrap up for okay. that. So then we can Got definitely it. go into it for our season ending um season ending podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, my my super dud, I'm gonna give it to Chelsea for spending mm-hmm. six hundred million dollars for this team that they have. And they are barely saved. They were they were dropping fast mm-hmm. in the table and in danger of slipping towards the relegation zone. And Luckily, they got a 1-0 win over Crystal Palace today. And with, what are there, three or four games left in the Premier League season, they luckily are saved from relegation. But if you are spending $600 million and just barely (laughs) saving yourself from relegation with four games left in the season, like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Gotta gotta ask Todd Burley. Or Burley, <laughs> whatever his name is. Yeah, he, he might as well be Burley. Yes, yeah, he has no idea what he's doing. I'm going to no. say that. I don't yeah. think he has any fucking clue. He has no, nope. because he was this, he, the same guy who said like, "Oh, 
a great way to generate revenue is to have an all-star team, have the North versus the South. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Tickets are coming home to roost for, for that stupid comment. Yeah. Um, as coming from an American talking about an American owner. Um, yep. But yep. any case, couldn't, could not agree more. Could not agree more as a team. Chelsea have played a super dud. And also what's happening with those players. You have some world, world-class players that are playing like this, you know, yep. should not be happening. Nope. Definitely not. So awesome. Well guys, that I think is going to wrap up our podcast for this week. Thanks again for joining us. We're nearing the end of the season, so we're gonna have to, you know, Paul and I are gonna have to figure out what we're going to, what we're going to do to kind of keep this, keep this thing going. So yep. please stay tuned for what we come up in store if you'd like. Uh, but in the meantime, we are signing off. My name has been Andy, Paul, <laughs> Paul, and with that, we're gonna give you all a big old bye. bye.